Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he wanted to live, so he ate the sandwiches in the trunk. It's Arturo Zarita! Anything from that show out of context is uh, bound to get people to watch it. If you have not seen anything out of Barry Out of Context, uh, you're going to get a lot of Barry Out of Context in this podcast right here, so definitely go give it a watch. Yep. Uh, maybe less from a man. I don't know how much out of context we'll get, but she's been taking well to her life as a sheep herder. It's Amanda the Jedi. Thanks for having me, as always. Of course. We always have Amanda on for our best of the year and our best of the year so far lists. And uh, this iteration is our best TV of 2022 so far. It's been a jam-packed year for TV. So much TV. It feels like the wave of shows that had COVID delays have all finally come out, uh, whether it's returning seasons of old favorites or or new big shows. There's just been so much TV. Amanda, I know you generally feel like you're not watching as much TV as Art and I, but given how much great TV there's been this year, has it been harder than normal for you to feel like you're caught up? Yeah, there's a lot of shows that when I know this is coming, I start watching a bunch and then I don't always get through them because I just, mm -hmm. and then, you know, uh, sometimes I will finish them, but with TV, usually what I end up watching all the way through just ends up on my 10 because if I'm not like vibing with something, I'll stop watching it for the most part, unless okay. there's like a reason for me to keep going. Um, but like TV, like I don't see the point if something doesn't really click within the first couple episodes. I don't bother unless mm -hmm. somebody says like, no, it's like really good. Just go back and give it a chance. So there's some shows that are like that. But uh, yeah, I, I did. I did my best this year, kind of. Yeah, it's it's always hard to keep up. Art, how do you feel like you did in uh, keeping up with all the TV that there is out there? You're never going to finish it all. There's still so many shows that yeah. luckily yeah. I know some of y'all cut, so I could just rely on you guys giving it the mention. You, that helps a lot. But I know that there's some to just slip <laughs> through the cracks, be it because ain't nobody got stars. No one's getting epics. <laughs> AMC Plus, like I didn't even, come on now. Sorry, so, Gaslit. Yeah, so there's a bunch of those that of course I want to see, and I know we'll give them some of the mentions. Some that I was able to begin but not fully finish. But I think for the most part, I was able to catch a lot of great shows where I definitely have a very mm -hmm. confident top ten that I would recommend to people. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, I, I know like Clorox and everybody, they had a very tough job in 2020 trying to beat up supply. But the Emmys this year, I think they may have it worse. They got Oof. way too much content to go through. Like poor, poor people over there. Um, but we're going to do our best to get some recommendations on your yeah. radar. Yeah, I have no idea how they're going to narrow those categories to, to eight or to seven or how to five or whatever they're doing. How much stuff was released right before June 1st, dude? Like, think about that. Ooh. And then on top of that, we, we finally, Alina and I are always asking each other, why season A, why season B? And it finally dawned on us, Zach, that season A's, like Stranger Things and your Better Call Saul's, all of them premiered before the mm -hmm. deadline. So that means after the deadline, for the Emmys, yeah. So we went back to the original. I couldn't believe this. I almost like my heart's <laughs> broken, but then at the same time, I guess I should have expected it. What's the first one you remember going season A, season B? So is it Breaking Bad or was it Sopranos? I feel like Breaking Sopranos Bad might have done it. Breaking Bad. So we go back just Breaking to Breaking Bad definitely did it big. just to see when they came out. And there is a very interesting story at the AMC networks about Mad Men and Breaking Bad and how they were always going back and forth, back and forth. Let me tell you, when I found out that Breaking Bad season five, the box set, has two 
Emmy Awards for best drama for the same damn season because <laughs> they were the ones who literally. I was. I've been wondering for so long. Why A B? Is it a production thing? Is it a money thing? Nah, they released it before the deadline, so it won for one Emmy, and then they released <laughs> yeah. it after the, and it won for the same damn season, Zach. God damn. Yeah. That's the biggest Breaking Bad moment the that they've gotten. So yeah, now seeing it with everybody else, I go like, nah, no one can beat the legend. Um, but they're continuing it with yep. Better Call Saul, which may pop up on this list yeah. as well. But great year for sure TV. Great year. Great yeah. year for TV. Even some she- shows that we didn't catch, uh, I think, got a lot of hype. Uh, I wanted to shout out a few shows that I wasn't able to catch up with, but uh, I've heard really good things about. I just mentioned uh, when you brought up Stars, Gaslit. Mm-hmm. It seems like a really excellent show. A lot of actors I really like on that show. It's it's hard to make time for a show that I don't think if a lot of people have access to. Nope. Uh, so I haven't seen Gaslit. Um, I've heard a lot of really high praise for Our Flag Means Death. I know a lot of people yes. love that show. I think we might hear about that show later. I don't know. Uh, but I didn't see any of it. Uh, Peacemaker, I know a lot of people love. I, I don't feel like it would have made my top 10, but I did enjoy the list. first episode. Oh, cool. So we will talk about it. But yeah, I, I didn't get past the first episode just because of like time, but I, I enjoyed what I saw. Uh, players, which Art says uh, probably wouldn't make my but list, but I want to see the new American Vandal show. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to catch that either. A couple Apple TV Plus shows and Shining Girls are Slow Horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Staircase over mm-hmm. on HBO Max. Tokyo Vice over on HBO. And uh, maybe Art will have Under the Banner of Heaven, but I didn't get a chance to watch it, so it won't be on my list. Uh, what about you, Amanda? What shows are you upset that you didn't watch before this podcast? Uh, I got one episode of Pachinko in, and... <laughs> I, How is it so far? so good. You're beating me really by a thing good. one it's, episode, so. <laughs> like, just basing on my one episode uh, that I watched last night, really good. Really right. good. Someone's I basically last night really was good. just like, yeah, I just one watched a couple things and then stuck with one to finish it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. After uh, Righteous Gemstones, I, I didn't get to catch <sighs> oh, up yeah. with yeah. the new season. Um God, I had another one. Uh, Hacks, I didn't watch the most recent season, hmm. which I, I really like the first one. Uh, and then there was, uh, there's one other one. Uh, it's the one with the... Feller. The one with the the, 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 the Punisher. We own the, we own the city. Mm. We own the city. Oh, that'll come that up. That looked interesting. And I, yeah, and I definitely want to want to check that one out. So I think that's pretty much it for stuff I didn't, didn't catch, but wish I would have. I'm sure there's more, but... Yeah. It never really ends. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple. <laughs> yeah, um, really. What's the Hulu show with Keaton? With the drugs? Oh, oh that is was that... last year. I think they're counting it. it. It is last year, right? So uh, I'm good with keeping it up. Yeah. But I believe it's going to be in the running for the Emmys. So, and I know a lot of people like that one, yeah. so I wanted to give that a mention. The old yeah, man. The, the addiction one, yeah. What is the name of it? Someone's going to let us know. Um, the I'm Old Man, which is on Hulu, Dope just sick. started. Dope Sorry. Sick. Thank you. Dope Sick. Uh, the Old Man that's on Hulu is barely starting. Yeah. Uh, and I really Jeff like that Bridges. one. That we got mm-hmm. a couple more episodes that we need from there. We were talking about people not having epics. Y'all know how to spell epics? Spell X. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I had epics for like three months. Didn't watch a damn thing. From is on epics, though. And as <laughs> soon as I canceled it, this show oh. starts making the rounds. And I'm hearing great things about it. Uh, so I do want to catch that one. If y'all have heard good things let us know uh heartstopper in case one of y'all seen it then oh, maybe that's on mine that's okay. on mine sorry for spoiling it then i just wanted to make sure i had that one out there the gilded no, you're good the gilded age i've heard 
so many great things about over on HBO, so that's one that mm-hmm. uh, that I haven't been able to jump on. I've heard good things of Somebody Somewhere also on HBO as like a drama comedy. Yeah. Um, and then I'm still a couple episodes, but someone spoiled it for me. The ending of Archive 81. Um, pretty interesting mm. little little show right there. But those would be the ones that I was upset, along with some of the ones that Zach had mentioned or will be on Zach or Amanda's list uh, that I still need to get on my radar. It's, it's difficult when it's 10 hours, you know, it's... It's a lot. It's yeah. not yeah. just like you, you put it it's on. It's not yeah. like a movie. It's a weekend. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just as long as we're talking about the different options out there, are any of us counting The Boys? Because we're, we're about halfway through the latest season of The Boys. So yeah, uh, we am. haven't finished it yet. you you got well, boys on there? Yeah, because I have seen it all. You, you, we have it all, yeah. Okay, okay so yeah. So the I'm advantage counting of it, the screeners. Yeah, preemptively. And I do actually have one show that isn't done yet, but I want to mention it because I just feel like in terms of like yeah. the scope of other projects from this yeah i'm just yeah we'll get there it's in my 10 it's not like big one but yeah there's one i'm mentioning that isn't actually done yet but uh not that people don't know about it but i just want to give it like the stamp of approval so gotcha yeah, I mean, sometimes when you know, you know. Yeah. And maybe with that show, you just know. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that soon. Uh, before we get into those lists, are there certain networks that you feel like you're gravitating towards? Does does Netflix have less of a hold over your attention than it has in the past? Art, what do you Dude, think? It's not even that Netflix does something bad. It's just the fact that you just don't give it the time of day. I'm talking about Archive 81, one, a show that I did like. Why didn't mm-hmm. I finish it? Why am I still on episode one of Pieces right. of a Woman? Like, there's just... So, or Pieces of Her? What is, they have two pieces. One of the pieces shows that they've yeah. got. Mm-hmm. Not uh, Pieces of a Woman. There's <laughs> something about it where they like... And it could be... Honestly, I think it's the platform. We know that Netflix like does algorithmic things. They just make it difficult to find things. Like, you're, you'd start watching yeah. something and it just won't appear and you continue watching. Whereas on HBO... One... Too. I have plenty. Whereas Hulu FX, you're could be the model of just them doing the the weekly thing that you're waiting on. Maybe it's something that came out of FX that's going to be there. Apple does a great job at letting you know when stuff is out there, and I think they've delivered. So to me, if it's HBO, Apple, and then surprisingly third Hulu, I think it really gets put on my radar. There are some shows I have from Netflix, and that's not Netflix's fault for not pushing them at all. They they hide some of these shows like it's hide and seek or something. I I, I don't understand what they're doing over there. There should not be shows off yeah. Showtime that people don't have either <laughs> yeah. that are doing the rounds more than Netflix shows. So, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Amanda, what do you think? I think Netflix actually still makes up most of my list, oddly enough. Okay. But some of that's just like longstanding favorite shows getting new seasons, uh, just liking certain things a lot. Yeah, I think I have four Netflix shows in my top 10, probably one that doesn't necessarily earn, like it's not necessarily a top 10, but I just like it, so it's there. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like a pretty even, like, you know, you've got Prime, Apple, FX, and HBO kind of making up, and yeah, making up the rest, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot from Netflix, but I don't know if they've had necessarily the the zeitgeist shows as much as they have in the past. I mean, spoiler for my list, there are no Netflix shows on it. And I think that's the first time since we started doing these that I've had nothing from Netflix. Uh, But they still have more to come later this year. So maybe they'll, they'll get into my year end list, but yeah, thus far uh, there is another 
platform that is really dominating, I think, in terms of quality, at least. So we will talk about the best TV shows of 2022 so far. But first, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are at IntercutPod. That's at IntercutPod. That's short for podcast. We're also IntercutPod on Patreon, where you can support the show for as little as $1 per month. And also, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All right, let us get into the best TV shows of 2022. So far, Amanda kicked off our movies list. So, Art, would you like to kick us off for TV? Mm-hmm. I'm starting off with an ABC show. An ABC show. That I saw on Hulu. Who to thunk it? Abbott Elementary. Uh, just a really Let's easy, go. breezy uh, show about a teacher who's just trying to do her best to take care of her students. I think we're in an era where because of streaming and a lot of like, you know, 10 episode type story arcs where the budgets are as much as movies per episode that we expect our TV series to be this big, profound thing. And Abbott Elementary doesn't need to do any of that. I've heard criticisms about it not being like... Uh, some dark twists and turns is like bro the, the the darkest twist and the darkest turns is that they ain't got funding for these kids and if you've ever known a teacher and even more so if you ever worked any school this series just gets it down pat uh i love the inclusion of just being able to the it's setting in philly the cast the way that they're able to bounce off of each other the way that they interact with the kids uh it's just a very heartwarming show and i think it's uh one of the one of the best sitcoms that was just uh, always on our radar to watch and wind down literally a lot of these shows you feel like you got to take notes on or it's like oh i gotta remember this for the performance mm-hmm. this was literally you just turn it on relax zone out for people who watch stuff for a living this is what I felt I was able to take a break from <laughs> and just enjoy the show for what it was. Abbott Elementary over on ABC or Hulu. Yeah. Nice. I feel like uh, a broken record because I get onto this best TV podcast every year and I say, like, there needs to be more hangout shows. Why are there not more hangout shows? I want to just be able to relax and spend time with a cast of characters I like and watch them grow over the course of several years. And, like, thank you, Quinta. I, you, you agree with me i can tell like you have you've taken the notes on the sitcoms that really work and you've molded them all into what is a beautifully delightfully uh wonderfully funny show came out Uh, and and what do you say he goes i don't usually get jealous but i put that show on and i get jealous it's one where it's been so renowned that people just like don't want to like it you know they start coming up again with like i was saying with things that the mm-hmm. show doesn't do that it's not even meant to be doing but yeah no kita has been killing it you had mentioned another one i don't know if it's gonna be on it so i want to think about it right now you said hangout shows what's the one that ended up getting moved to peacock with the wine they all just hang out oh, and drink did wine. it get moved to peacock it, grand crew grand crew got moved to peacock so it's no longer on hulu but that's, that's an honorable no- mention for me oh, okay beautiful i just wanted to make sure because i you just reminded me of what oh. the perfect hangout show is and that and abbott yeah. were always my go-to i could just turn off my brain and have a good time with the cast Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, great shows. Abbott Elementary. I have it at my number eight, actually. Um, I I think it's a really good show. So I'm glad you have it on your list as well. (laughs) I haven't (laughs) finished it yet. Otherwise, it probably would be. It's in my honorable mentions right now. Beautiful. Nice. Nice. So approval from all three of us. 
Abbott Elementary is at arts number 10. Uh, I'll go with my number 10 next, which is Minx, another hangout show of sorts, a uh, different kind, though, set in uh, set in the world of a men's pornography, or a, I guess, women's pornography magazine. <laughs> yeah. A pornography magazine featuring naked Ma- men. <laughs> if, if let's, let's make it clear. Um, but in the, I think it's set in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly when, but, you know, this is like the first magazine of its sort, sort of taking advantage of a new femini- uh, new waves in feminism and women increasingly being able to have their own agency over their choices and roles in the workplace. And it's all centered on a couple of really excellent performances. Uh, I really think uh, Jake Johnson is delightful in, in the role of the owner of uh, these magazines, uh, but I think Ophelia Lovebond really kind of uh, is the glue of the show in this high-strung but also very fun role of Joyce. You know, she being this very feminist character, I think the thing that's really interesting about Minx is it's a constant war between um, ethics and commercialism and the sacrifices that each side is willing to make for the other. And I like that being the context of the show that, yes, you might have your ideals, but your ideals will only get you so far and they might not get you in print. So, like, how much are you willing to sacrifice for your vision, your vision? How pure does your concept need to be and centering that all around the dynamic work environment of a you know nude magazine i think is just really fun great characters i'm i'm hoping it sticks around a little bit i know it was renewed for season two so i'm really enjoying it so far it barely barely hung on because there's so much competition for Mm -hmm. that number 10 slot but yeah i got minx the first season from hbo max on my list honorable mention for me too pretty good Nice. Okay, Amanda, let's hear your number 10. All right, my number 10, it's, I haven't finished watching it yet, and nobody has, I don't think. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Miss Marvel. Oh, I'm, you know, cool. I think it's cute. I think in terms of what Marvel's doing, it's creative. It has this, like, yeah. added little flair to how, like, they're kind of doing some of the shots, how they're, like, expressing how she's a fan of superheroes and just, just like, mm-hmm. really cool animated sequences and just, like, it's it's very vibrant and colorful and just suits the character well um, in a way that, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, some of these Marvel shows, it's these more simple ones that I'm I, like, I really like Hawkeye and I, I really like this one a lot, too. Um, and I feel like it's apparently it's doing really well with Gen Z, but it is like the lowest watched one so far, which I kind of get like, unfortunately, a lot of people don't necessarily want to watch like the teen girl superhero movie, but I show. But I think it's like really cute and actually like stepping outside, not firmly but stepping outside some of the stuff that we've grown to expect from like marvel shows and marvel Mm -hmm. movies um and i think it's cute i think it's really important to a lot of people too i think kamala is one of those characters that when um she came out in comic books and stuff that just really meant a lot to people so it's very cool to see her uh in a show and to know that the actress is also this huge (laughs) fan that's just texting kevin feige about how he's wrong about what universe the mcu is because he's you know crazy and i agree with her i agree with her too i think thank you i I think it's really i i like that i just like the whole thing around it yeah yeah i mean when those comics came out and they did numbers you knew there was going to be a show Mm -hmm. yeah I find it a little surprising that people are even talking about it being not as popular as the other shows. I mean, the other shows starred Tom Hiddleston mm-hmm. and Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. And, and they're homework, Zach. Yes or no? 
Like, there's no requirement for Miss <laughs> Marvel than to just hang out, whereas the other ones are like, if you're not yeah. watching the show, then you're not caught up on the timelines. You're not caught That's up on who's the next I cap. Mean. They took that away. So it's like, yeah, like you're saying, it's not just a bigger star power. They also, like, forced you to watch those shows or else you wouldn't get the movies. Yeah. I like this one. And I'm <laughs> mad at some of that. <laughs> this is what these like shows should be. This feels like the best yeah. of Disney yeah. Channel, the best of uh, mm-hmm. ABC Family Freeform. <laughs> uh, my reaction yeah. is this is what all those CW shows really want and to CW, be. Yes. Thank you. Yes. If that's yes, what, if this that's is what, what Disney I mean. Plus is going to be, then they're on a on a good track for it. Because yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. a cute show. Yeah. Yeah. I get. It. I dug it. I dug it so far. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Amanda's number ten is Miss Marvel. Let's go back to art for number nine. My one Netflix show. Can you guess it, Zach? Is it Stranger Things? Ooh. Yeah, I, would it be Stranger Believe Things? Believe it or not, or that's, an archive? that's an honorable mention. Archive I did not get to finish. Oh. There is one little season two that came out. Oh, it's out. Russian Doll. It's Russian season Doll? Two. Season two. Yeah. It is that's another just, one I haven't seen. It's just as good as season one. Mm. And my only thing is, I always felt that this was supposed to be a trilogy, and it turns out that I still have my notes from the first season where they were going to make it a perfect, nice little trilogy. I feel like it's kind of done. I'm not sure. Um, But Russian Doll still hits everything that the first season did, and I would say goes even farther. There are some very interesting decisions that happen in the show about a woman who's continuously dying and waking up, dying and waking up. Now she's getting on trains and appearing in other timelines. Uh, We've had a lot of timelines, (laughs) a lot of multiverse stuff this year, and uh, here's another example of what you could do with this type of genre, type of storytelling, and do some really Mm -hmm. profound stuff with it. I think Natasha Lyonne still continues to be a very engaging character. Like, my mom saw the first season because we had the screeners for the season two, and she was just like... "Ah." Mm-hmm. I don't know about her character. She's a little too rambunctious. And I was like, is that why you're on season two? Because I see you finished the whole thing. She's like, well, I have to see how it ends. Uh, so it even, it, it even has my mom's stamp of approval over here. It is a very fascinating nice. show. Nice. And season two has t- some of the most beautiful shots. Uh, the, the way that she ends up going into these other inverse universes and such. I, I honestly think out of everything that I'm seeing here, it's d- even crazy to think. Because there's some other really good-looking shows, but this may be one of the best-looking pieces of media that have come out this year. I really do love mm. uh, a lot of the frames in this and just love the characters. Russian Doll Season 2. Watch both seasons if you haven't back-to-back. It's on Netflix. They did it dirty. But do yourself a favor. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, clearly, because I totally forgot that that came out, and I haven't caught up with it yet, and I like the first season a lot. <laughs> I mean, Please it was do. part of that just crazy April content dump what was that up was like... <laughs> I mean, 20 deadlines. shows premiered on the same week I or mean, something deadlines. yeah i i don't know it it definitely did not get the attention that i feel like it deserves but I, it, it's a really incredible season so yeah i, I enjoyed it a lot i'm glad that you brought it up here because it was one of my honorable mentions as well nice. uh but my number nine is a show that we were also mentioning before uh and maybe if it didn't split it's final season i would have it higher up on this list but i have better call saul season six part one at number nine because i think there's a lot of like the great elements we've come to expect from the team behind breaking bad like they they do this thing where they will kind of break down process but into like the meticulous little details and show you every little element that you hadn't even considered was part of the planning that goes into a great um, moment like that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of like putting things in place and I feel like 
they're they're setting up a lot for these mm-hmm. final run of episodes and there was you know some amazing moments in these uh few episodes we got the the ending of the the ending of the run of one of the characters on this show was an completely epic moment one of the most epic moments in uh either show's history and then i think actually the final episode of part 1 is one of the like classic breaking bad left hook rug pull moments that you're not expecting and you're absolutely floored by. Uh, but it, you know, it does feel like one half of the puzzle. So as much as I enjoyed it, I'm going to leave it at number nine and wait for that, those final six hours. Uh, Cause I'm going to eat that up. It's so good. The show is still so well done. It beautiful talking about beautiful shots. They just routinely pull out amazing, amazing visuals on this show. And the acting is Unreal. Uh, Rhea Seahorn, please, please get, hope she gets an Emmy nomination because she's amazing on the show. Yeah, uh, it's Better Call Saul. I, I hope you guys have time to catch up with it because I know a lot of people really haven't, uh, they, they fell behind at some point and it's a lot of material. It's uh, not an easy catch up. Yeah. I fell behind. Yeah. I'm too behind. <laughs> are, are you still going to try? You said you were going to try. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. July 11th, it's back. So, <laughs> so two weeks. Ticking. You got two I'll weeks. Fail. I'll minus fail. Minus two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. Well, I'm excited for it nonetheless. But Amanda, I'm also excited for your number My nine. My number nine is definitely one that I don't actually think is like necessarily of the quality to be in a top ten list. But and I just, it's first kill. It's the Netflix lesbian vampire vampire hunter show it's fun it's cute i think it goes a little bit messy in areas like the like she's a vampire but no one knows and like her families are hunters and no one knows but then it's like halfway through the season you find something out and it's all like then why is what they're doing (laughs) secret it's like real weird but their dynamic is just really cute and there's, I just think that not every piece of LGBTQ plus media needs to be works of art. Sometimes we're allowed just to have like the basic little CW style, fast food. like, you know, supernatural rom-com type thing. We're allowed to have things like Happiest Season. So this is really cute. People are really resonating with it. Teenagers love it. I would have been obsessed with this when I was like 14. So for that, mm-hmm. it ends up in number nine. It's adorable. So. Uh, a series that is seems like it's hitting the target that it was aiming for. Yes, at least. absolutely. It, it, it is, which is all it needs to be. Did it get a season yeah. two? Uh, they haven't announced it yet, but mm. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if it did get it. And like the cast themselves are like really involved with like the fan base. So I think they're getting a lot of repeat viewers from people. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully. Cool. So first kill from Netflix on Amanda's list at number nine. Let's go back to art for eight. I have an FX on Hulu original series. I think it capped at seven or eight episodes starring the boy Andrew Garfield giving it his all, dude. Absolutely Ooh. killing Same. it here. Okay. Under the banner of heaven. Oh, you got it too. Let's talk about it then. This yep. is Amanda. Did you see the Netflix one, which is a great double feature? I explained this to Zach. Keep sweet, pray and obey. It was that docu series that was like trending for a little bit on Netflix about the Mormons. No, I had watched um, one episode and then I had to go somewhere and I kind of forgot about it. But now that you've mentioned it, I am going to go back because I just recently finished Under the Banner of Heaven. So, 
it's a good time. So I started watching some of awesome. those as I was finishing Under the Banner of Heaven, and it was like spoiling it because mm. it's a documentary <laughs> about real life. Yeah. And the show yeah, exactly. is telling yeah, yeah. you, yeah, they really did that crazy stuff. It is an insane yeah. thing to watch them both back to back, to see the dramatic version of it, and then to literally see a lot of these women who nice. were a part of this very out there, uh, radicalized segment uh, if you want to call it that yes. of mormonism Sective. and uh that documentary that docuseries is really crazy on netflix under the banner of heaven is just done to a degree where all the performances are firing on all cylinders it's being told as this investigative story of uh this family where an incident has happened and they unfold it as it goes throughout the episodes where what they did they're justifying under their religious beliefs and it's not yeah, just the commandment maybe, of God. Yeah, doing a murder, but it's also you know, God didn't say pay taxes. God didn't say I have to <laughs> pay my parking tickets or all these different things. And you start really unraveling uh, their religious views because Andrew Garfield is also a Mormon himself, who's kind of struggling with him mm-hmm. doing his, you know, police duties, but then also his heavenly duties, mm-hmm. the heavenly Father, you know. And I think that there's a really nice yeah. uh, back and forth there. Um, that I would highly recommend the show. Really great performances. And there, everyone in the cast of the, the, the family, the siblings, there's a Culkin in there. Uh, Sam Worthington's in there. Um, oh, there was somebody else. I'm blinking off. Daisy Edgar Jones Daisy is Edgar in it. Jones, Daisy yeah. Edgar Jones uh, is She does is a fantastic the, yeah, job. But I highly recommend it. Amanda, talk about why it's year eight, too. Yeah, same kind of idea. It's just like it really blends that, that well. I think the thing that sets home the most that this is a man trying to blend his faith with with his career and a career that doesn't necessarily mesh with that kind of religion um is that like he gets a call and they're like it's an emergency and he's all in like a huff but then he has to stop and they have to pray before he leaves they have to do the evening prayer before he leaves because they can't do it without him and it's just one of those things and it's like this is like an emergency and you're just like you know you have to take the time and it's it's very uh, interesting and not something that i ever would have considered because obviously it makes sense that there's people of all different religious denominations that are cops and detectives but you never really think about people who are in more like fundamentalist types of of religions mm-hmm. like mormonism like jehovah witnesses stuff like that being mm-hmm. in those kind of positions and like how that affects um their work and then with him specifically it's not so much how he has to um, ignore things it's more how he's reckoning his faith with what he's seeing with what's happening with with what's being like unfolded in front of him so you get that double layer it, it's kind of similar to like Mindhunter and that it's based on a real story but then they've created mm-hmm. a fictional main character probably to avoid lawsuits and stuff or just <laughs> kind of like weird legality things um, so even if all the events are pretty much exactly as they were and all this information's pretty much the same there is that slight disconnect of characters um, but it's just so good. I think Andrew Garfield's just really good at capturing these types of characters of like all different, to- like you saw it when he was uh, Desmond Dawes in um, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, yeah. There's just like an empathy he can bring to characters that he doesn't necessarily um, have anything in common with, but he's just interested in the exploration of the character, which I think is like what yeah. actors are really supposed to be doing. And he just, he nails it. He's so good. It was like yeah, the last thing he shot mind. too, I think, before he went on his break because of his mom's passing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I also want to shout out uh, Gil Birmingham, who plays his uh, partner detective. Yeah, he brings yeah. a lot to the table too, especially because like yeah, yeah. he realizes where he stands in that Mormon community and their certain mm-hmm. beliefs. Because as Amanda was saying, yeah. they don't believe in outside authority. 
because there's someone in authority within their group and they don't like the yeah. competition of anybody else. So that's why they're, they're so against having all that, which is what makes their characters uh, so fascinating to watch. But yeah, definitely put that one yeah. on your radar. Uh, you know, he killed it, dude. This this is my mini series. I don't know. It's it, I don't know if y'all looked at your list. How many of the stuff that you have is ongoing? How many of what you have Ooh. is mini series? That's another thing too, because I think uh, that's split. Yeah, I got that might be split. I me. only got two mini series actually, which I'm a little surprised by. Oh yeah, Although same, one of them, one of them feels like a mini series, but is not. Yeah, I have three, I only have one. and then I feel like they're anthology. I don't know. We'll get under the banner of heaven yeah. too, and it'll take place somewhere else. But, yeah, I feel like yeah. that actually would have been higher up on my list, but that was I just finished that one yesterday, so it was mm-hmm. one of the ones I added last second. But like now that I'm thinking, like I won't make you change it, Zach. But I'm looking and I'm like it could be lower down. But so many of these shows for me are just like depending on what I'm in the mood for. They're You'll just get rotating. A text, right? <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> change it. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean everything you guys are saying about the show makes me that much more jealous that I haven't finished <laughs> it yet but I I guess I'll have to get on that immediately because it sounds very very good oh. alright so I said my number 8 was Abbott Elementary so we're back to art for number 7 I swear to you Zach I only have one tie on this list I swear to you but it is a duel of comedies here <laughs> one is from Showtime one is from okay. HBO I love that for you on Showtime and Hacks on HBO yes. I love that for you just nice. started and it is a story of a girl who grew up with cancer ends up, you know, in remission and goes to uh, apply at a QVC type thing where, you know, they're selling stuff on air and that's what she grew up watching. But when she almost gets fired, she goes, well, you can't fire me because I'm dealing with my cancer. So it's this big (laughs) lie she has to carry throughout the entire season with a crazy cast of characters. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, This is cringe comedy at its purest. I I don't think anyone does it better Mm -hmm. than Byer. Like she just yeah, there's an episode. There, she has a scene in another show that we'll be mentioning later on, and absolutely, <laughs> absolutely killed it in that. So let that be a teaser if you've seen yeah. this other show to watch this one right here. Uh, by the end of it, I was very surprised how much I thought the storyline really deals in drama, and you have some really great performances in there. Um, some that I would even like to see get some nominations. But on the other side of things would be mm-hmm. Hack Season Two, which we were scared because is it Hack Season done? We weren't sure that if they if they You're were right. going to get renewed or not. We loved Hacks, the first one. Season two is able to take mm-hmm. it on the road, which is such a yeah. fascinating way uh, to explore these characters while they're also uh, like suing each other. Um, they ended in a place that's like really perfect, and now they kind of have to undo that because they did get greenlit with a season yeah. three. Hacks was also released bi-weekly, meaning that there was two episodes every week, so this thing was done in a month because they didn't even go 10 they went eight episodes so that's the reason why yeah. i also have them uh kind of tied there because you have a season two that's really great and you're confused if it's the ending and i love that for you that's barely beginning but both are shows that i highly 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 would recommend having on your radar they're they're hilarious and they they still pack a dramatic punch yeah these are two of the hardest cuts for me i have them in my honorable mentions but i think they're both uh I, yeah, even hacks because that ending like really kind of left a weird taste so in my mouth. You see what I'm saying? Worked, but like, I'm glad you agree with my time. Yeah, I I also like the how short season two was bothered me a little bit. Like I wanted to hang out with it more. I wanted to spend more time on the road. I don't know. Uh, it's not like a lack of quality. It's just like a want for more quantity. It's how I HBO guess. released it. Um, yeah, but it's it's excellent. Every episode of it's good. Also, every episode of love of I have I love that for you is hilarious. Vanessa Bayer is so so good. Yeah, uh, like, the cameo, you like, the like cameo. you said, I don't want to spoil it. But <laughs> that the giving him one line at the end of that episode too is hilarious. Um, I don't know. It's a great show, and I'm glad that we're gonna get more of it. 
Uh, my number seven, uh, I think it's going to come up a little bit later on Arts List. I can't believe I actually have it this low, uh, but I'm going with Atlanta Season 3 over here. It my is seven. Slot. Um, seven. It's my five. All right, so let's talk about it a little bit because it's an excellent season. Like, I don't really have any huge issue with it. Uh, there's a lot of great episodes. I, I, I think the fact that we both have different favorites is also speaks to how high of quality it is. That like there are all these different um, aspects to it. There, it's just very like it's more segmented. I think than in previous seasons. One hundred percent. It. It feels more like they did a series of short films than they did a season of television. And look, I love the short films that they do. I, I think that the first and fourth episodes are just like extremely, extremely compelling, uh, unique visions. Some of the laughs that I get from Atlanta are like deeper, harder, more like devastating laughs than I get from any other show on TV. But yeah, this was maybe my my least favorite of all three seasons. So ultimately, I'm going with it here at number seven. But uh, you got it number five. I do. What do you think about season three Probably, of Atlanta? Yeah, just a little higher. And I, I agree with you. It's the laughs in the two shows that I just had tied are great. But there's something about mm-hmm. the laughs and the hidden truths in the, the stuff that Atlanta gets at you, where it catches you off guard with a laugh. Um, and, and you start yeah. questioning, what are you laughing at? That's what makes the show so good. And it continues having that in this third season, my favorite season, season two. Um, but I see why people feel differently about it because I feel season one and two have a story arc. And with that big break mm-hmm. that happened for three, uh, and I think you had mentioned that they shot back to back and four is going to be their finale. He said four is going to get back on track to them actually continuing a story you call this shorts. That was his literal outlook on it. He's like, I'm just going to make these episodes different shorts. I know some people won't vibe with it, and I know it's breaking the entire like course of how the series was going. But he made season three an anthology. I like that. I appreciate that. It just, yeah. you have to get used to it. And in retrospect, I think a lot of people were like, why is the story just stopping? Why are some characters not appearing until the finale? really why are we not following paperboy to a bigger degree what are all these like anthology episodes that happen every other uh series um but i i really like what they did with this because his approach was that uh it doesn't matter how long we take to get the season out or if you're making a classic show your classic show doesn't age so i think there's a lot to enjoy in season three um but you have to look at it as them just deciding to go the anthology route but season four is supposed to wrap up everything nicely. I guess the way people have been expecting from Atlanta, but nonetheless, season three still delivers. Yeah. It's still like a show that I'm, I pounce on as soon as it's available. So, uh, great stuff. I, am yeah, it's one of the best shows of the year for sure. So I have Atlanta season three at number seven arts, got it all the way up at number five, but let's go back to number seven and get Amanda's pick. Umbrella Academy, season three. Nice. Um, yeah, I haven't caught up with Atlanta yet, so I really I really want to. But uh, I'm just a big fan of this dysfunctional unit dysfunctional. family. Absolutely yeah, like, crazy, yeah. They're crazy, but then at the end of it, like it really is always just coming back together. And I'm sure some people are like, like, how many times can they argue? I'm like, well, how many times do you kind of like disagree with family members? Or how many times do you kind of like split hairs like obviously not to this extent but like and kind of have to come back together because it it, it feels pretty authentic there but this is also just a group of people who have spent their entire life being traumatized um and used 
uh, and then kind of like chewed up and spit out and have now been solving back to back apocalypse level events i think it's been i think it's like 28 days of time thank you bro so i had it at 24 because five's like this is the third apocalypse in 20 something days can i take a nap yeah yeah something like that and it's so it's crazy levels of just uh insanity that they're having to deal with and it's just never ending but it doesn't feel exhausting like oh my god they do it again because it all at least logically follows like if this happens this is why this happens if you did this this is this there's a thread uh, this one i specifically really enjoy the like juxtaposition against like the sparrow academy and like the idea of perfection versus like their ragtag group that in the end is a stronger unit um i also really like how they handled uh elliot page's character uh i was mm-hmm. like they have a lot of options they can do so many crazy things and they went for the most right. authentic they didn't go crazy they were just like I felt like I was, you know, the the relationship I had in the last season made me realize that I can be more authentic with myself. I would, can you call me Victor now? And everyone was just yeah. like, hell yeah. Cool. Do you feel loved? Because we love you. You know, like it's cute. It's good. I, I'm, yeah, I like it a lot. The most subtle yeah. thing from the show, surprisingly. It's the, the, yeah. the best thing that they've handled there. Uh, I agree with yeah. you. I still think that the you know they're all wacky characters. I don't love this season as much as the previous ones, but I, I mean I'm Same. still a pretty big fan with it. I love catching all the Easter eggs. I love reading uh, the graphic novel. And there's one on Claws. I don't know if you've caught that one, mm-hmm. uh, but it should be up for free on a, on a bunch of different services. Oh, where nice. I'll check you kind of see his like backstory. It's a little spinoff story with him. Um, but cool. I agree with you. The family dynamic. Damn Reggie. Uh, that that just idea Damn of like Reggie. especially what you said with the sparrows. They sell merch. Yeah. But they're not really a family. And the other people yeah. aren't as perfect, but at least the umbrellas try to be a family. So I, I think that's yeah. been the through line uh, that I've connected with it, uh, even with the wacky adventures that they go through. Nice. So Umbrella Academy Season 3 is uh, number 7 for Amanda. Let's go back to Art for number 6. <sighs> Show so good on Showtime that they needed the Paramount numbers to, to boost up. So they put Yellow Jackets over on Paramount as well. So you don't need Showtime to watch this one. But damn, I have not seen a Showtime show pushed as much as this. Yellow Jackets mm-hmm. uh, started last year, was able to wrap up at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I know Lost gets thrown a lot. And I'm not <laughs> saying that it's the newest Lost. But it at least is the best island show. You know, there's a lot of the wilds. Uh, I'd say like Outer Banks kind yeah. of deals with like, there's a lot of like teens out in the in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And I think nothing beats Yellow Jackets. It does a great job yeah. of telling its story uh, through flashbacks and through the present time. I think the cast that they have to play the younger uh, versions and the older versions just works so well. Uh, you, you almost like struggle with like, who's better the younger version or the older version or sometimes you like an older version better than the younger version I don't know I think it's mm-hmm. just a, a really good cast of characters that they have with each other I really like the mystery and uh, I'm very excited for season two so Yellow Jacket's so good that it's on Paramount plus if you have that it's my number four nice yeah, yeah your favorite Yellow character? Jackets yeah. is really good I like uh, I'm totally blanking on the names now but I like Juliet Lewis's character Same. yeah yeah and in b- both both time, don't both timelines. I think she's consistently my favorite <laughs> between both timelines. There, and and so. the thing is that character has really good, good actresses playing both of them. Yes, like they do I think a that lot helps too. Of stuff with their facial yeah. expressions. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did a really good job for most of the characters getting like the younger versions compared Christina to the older Ritchie's? versions. Like 
Yeah, like... I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, yeah, solid. so, like, they did a really good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. This is one of those shows. So I had watched The Wilds with my mom because she thought it looked interesting. And then I watched Yellow Jackets, and then Wilds came out with season two, and I was like, oh, we can watch that if you want. She was like... Is Yellow Jackets season two out? And I'm like, Mom, it just it just finished. It just, not yet, but yeah, so it's good. I think it's uh, it does a really good job laying out its mystery in a way that kind of like you understand character motivations, but then it's just giving you a little bit of information as you're going, as it's piecing it all together, um, and it rewards you as you're going, which is nice. Yeah. 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 Um, I loved Yellow Jackets. I ultimately put it in my honorable mentions mm. just because it's a crowded year. Yeah, but I, I can't wait for more of that show. It, it's a show that I'm like creeping my fingers crossed that now that they've laid the foundation so well, that season two is just going to go crazy, that we're going to get like an awesome jam-packed season of stuff. So, uh, yeah, cannot wait for more Yellow Jackets. That's a great pick at number six, a cool pick at number four for Amanda 2. My number six is a, a different show. Um, I, you know, different kind of feeling I get from the show. You know, I, I feel like, like as I'm getting older, I cry a little bit more at movies and TV. It, maybe it's just like because I'm getting older, I'm more cognizant of how fleeting everything is. But there was a moment on episode three of Pachinko that uh. really, really got me. There's two older Korean women who are now living in Japan, including the one played by Yu, uh, Yoon Yoo-jung, and they're sitting down for a meal with one of their grandsons, and they're eating rice, when one of them notices the rice tastes different, because it's not Japanese rice, it's Korean rice. And Yoon Yoo-jung gets emotional at the taste of her homeland, but her grandson, played by Jin Ha, doesn't taste the difference and the idea of these two women relating to each other about an experience that will soon be lost to to people forever mm. just made me weep instantly Damn. and i have a rule that if your show makes me cry about a bowl of rice <laughs> you're in my top that is 10 his rule. that's he's the got rule. it in I, his I, house I it's really it's right next to the yeah. kitchen it says if i cry yeah. for a bowl of rice yeah <laughs> No, you've been recommending this one. That one episode. I have to. I have to hop on it. it, Talk about the 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 filmmakers behind it, dude. Yeah. So the it's every episode is directed by either Koganada, who we mentioned on our best movies of the year list, Mm -hmm. because not a bad filmmaker. uh, The guy behind After Young, and the other guy who directed half the episode is Justin Chong, who's behind. Uh, what was it? Uh, Blue Bayou really? last yeah. year. Another really acclaimed movie. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to uh, shout out, uh, what's her name? Uh, Soon Hyu, who, who runs the show and writes it and ad- adapted this novel really beautifully. You know, the show does this amazing thing where the novel, I believe, is a linear story. Okay. But the show hops back and forth through time across like four different generations speak juggling languages it's it's really beautifully beautifully done uh and yeah i just one of the shows that i've responded to the most since i've watched it it's uh you know i think it's very dense so it's not the easiest to just like sit down and binge but it's just so so beautiful beautiful so Pachinko, I got at my number six on the best TV of 2022 so far. Amanda, what do you have at number six on your list? I'm going to go with Stranger Things part cool. A, I guess. Uh, 
Yeah, I've, I've always liked Stranger Things. Um, I always have a good time watching it. It's another one of those ones that, for whatever reason, uh, I always seem to be visiting my parents when I either have time to watch it or when it comes <laughs> out. So like me, it's like me and my mom's thing. And this one, like, I feel like it took a few episodes to really kick in. So like, I'm watching it and I'm like, like it's pretty good, but I don't understand why everyone's saying it's like the best season yet. And then it starts kicking in. So like, it went from like, oh, we'll watch mm, one episode before on bed, now. and then my mom's kind of like, one more episode, <laughs> one more episode. <laughs> Um, and it's really good. I think it's, um, I do think it, it does a good job bringing the separate storylines together. Cause obviously you've got like some of them in California and you've got some of them still in Hawkins and then they're just kind of trying to split the difference. Um, I think some storylines are a little bit more interesting than others. And some characters I feel like are going through more interesting processes than others. But thankfully for the most part, it's my favorite characters getting the, uh, the, 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 the long straw, not the short straw. So mm-hmm. I am uh, really enjoying it so far. I'm very excited for the last two episodes. Who's your favorite character? Awesome. Characters. Max now. Max is my favorite oh. character. No, yeah, you're right. I'm also Max really is... big on Robin. I'm big on Robin as well as a character. I, I feel like Will keeps getting the short end of the stick, though. Every time Poor I see Will, I'm like, why are they doing Will like this? Is Mike, <laughs> stop being a jerk. It would Always, have been better if he died in season that. one. He would be less disrespected. Uh, I, I'm really liking Steve. <laughs> better not take Steve. Yes, I love Steve. I'm a big yeah. fan of Steve. I love Stephen Robin, <clears throat> and then honestly, and then so basically Stephen Robin, Dustin and Rob, Dustin yeah. and Steve. That's a great yeah, little Dustin's still trio. Right there. Yeah, that that's a little always trio. Gonna- I'm always going to feel a little something for yeah, Dustin. He's a cool and guy. And I'm just a big fan of Max. I thought she was like a really good addition. Sometimes it's really hard yeah. to make no, add-on fantastic. characters liked, but people seem like a really big fan of, you know. This, it's hard to make a character that went from being like the bully that everyone hates to being like the beloved you know? tamer of the children of Steve and have people on board with it. So I, Having I like the most iconic lot. episode too. So I, I'm mm-hmm. surprised. The best mm-hmm. thing I could give it is that I've been a hater for seasons one, two, and three. So my <sighs> surprise when four came mm-hmm. out and yeah. I, I, yeah. I really like what they did. I think they went back to the drawing board, did the same thing that they had with the characters, but finally were able to have like the most cohesive story. Not for Will, because Will will always be disrespected, mm-hmm. but I like what they did with everybody else. And I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited to see how they ended with the four-hour episodes that they yeah. got coming up. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely a big statement of how good the show uh, was this year that I think both Art and I turned it on basically just skeptically and out of out of more morbid curiosity <laughs> and ended up really liking it. Longest even though runtimes. I think we both have it only in our honorable mentions. That's right? a big jump, bro. You know, it's like going from like yeah. for me an oh, F yeah, to like no, a huge C from plus. worst of yeah, that's to like a yeah. big jump. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it. Yeah. So yeah, pretty cool season. Well, I'm, def- I'm also very very curious for those final episodes. Uh, before we get into our top tens, let's take a moment to thank the Intercutie Plus patrons, those wonderful people who are supporting the show. They are Ewan, Julieta, Garrett, Tim, Elizabeth, Josh, Ashley, and Marion, as well as our Academy-level members, Tushar, Cademan, Connor, Pete, Sean, and May. And of course, a big thanks to the producer-level patron, Patrons, Awkward, and Udenvir. Thanks again for all the support. And a reminder that you too can become a member at patreon.com slash intercutpod, where you can sign up for patron benefits like early access to the intercut episode outlines, access to private channels on our intercut discord, and an invitation to our monthly patron Google meetings. We'll have to talk about like everybody's favorites and least favorites maybe of the year so far Mm -hmm. on our next Google meeting uh, in July. So yeah, make sure to head over to Patreon if you want to hop on to some of those benefits. But Art, let's get back into the lists. Uh, actually, 
we got to pass you by because yep. you already talked about your number five, which is Atlanta season, season three. three. So I'll circle back to me, uh, but I'll save the talk for later because I have a feeling that Severance season one is going to be higher on at least one of your lists. Yeah. Uh, I got it at number five. Okay. Very good show, but Pretty very show. competitive year. So Amanda, what do you have at number five on your list? Peacemaker. I really liked nice. it. Right, I like they finally figured out what to do with John Cena and by they I mean James Gunn like the character <laughs> James Gunn specifically knew, figured yeah, out yeah cuz he was trying to do the rock thing where he was like I'm just going to act in a bunch of these like kid movies and then try to be an action star and like that's just not working for him so James Gunn was mm-hmm. like I'm going to turn you into this like hero who will kill people in the name of peace and it's just going to be <laughs> so goofy and over the top and I really like the character in the Suicide Squad movie uh, but this movie, sorry, the show really just kind of takes it to this like next level uh, that he he's just such a, he's an interesting character. It's like a really interesting just piece of work and it really does all found on him. But mm-hmm. then his side characters and stuff are all really interesting as well. Like everything kind of going on around uh, in the show is, is pretty fun, too. Uh, and then I, I also just really like the James Gunn directed and wrote all of the show. It wasn't like, okay, well, oh, yeah, the wow. character did really well in a movie. We're going to take it away and give it to someone else. No, James Gunn was like, they did it because it's him. They were like, shit, we know you're kind of going back to Marvel for the Guardians, but do you want to do, you want to party a little bit more with some of these other characters? Throw them a bag. Uh, and <laughs> Got some yeah, work. so you get this kind of like flawed character who just really wants to be good, who's always just doing like really fucked up things and just really inappropriate, but uh, like kind of also has like the golden retriever heart of gold type thing going on. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was, uh, really, I, I was surprised at how much I ended up liking it. Yeah, it se- it seems fun. That's another one. Like I was saying, I I want to catch up with more, mm-hmm. uh, catch up on that show. Uh, it's also got a pretty delightful opening yeah. credit sequence. Yeah. And now that I've mentioned Pachinko, I also remember that's got maybe my favorite opening credit sequence of the year that's so far. Would you say Peacemaker is your favorite of the shows you've seen, uh, Amanda? Peacemaker is definitely up there. Um, I also really like the Severance intro just for like how like cool it is. Ooh, the Severance one yeah, is like, what wait, the hell? Great. But uh, no, the Peacemaker one's like the most... I find rewatchable and you'll, you know, it's just, you know, it's a fun little rock song and a cringy dance. It's great. Like you it. know what? I like the Abbott Elementary theme because it includes mm. the yeah. bus. The bus's motor yeah. like does kind of like the bass. Mm-hmm. The uh, rewatch that one. I think it's just a little subtle thing, <laughs> but I love every single time that she kind of incorporates yeah. that into the theme. But Peacemaker. And it's like one of those that. The Abbott Elementary one is one of those like scrubs where it's not very long, but it gets you right into the world of the show. Uh Yeah, it's literally just like a riff. But Peacemaker is one that I I do need to hop on because it's called Peacemaker. But the the fans, they've been bullying me to ask, why have you not seen this show? (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, So I have a question for you when you're comparing it, because this is what like the first DC's weird because they're animation stuff. I know Harley and Quinn, people love that. This is like the first live action They've had like a bunch of live actions, but it's like Doom Patrol and Titans that aren't really connected. So knowing that this yeah, is connected like to the, the movies, stuff, yeah. yeah. How would you compare Peacemaker having movie counterparts to the Marvel stuff mm. that has movie counterparts? Mm. Ooh, um, I just feel like it's trying to do, it's doing a different thing, but uh, more successfully. I yeah, well, because okay, I, I'm really weird with Marvel stuff. I'm really split. Like, I really liked Wandavision because of like the character exploration of her, even though the show itself was flawed. I feel like 
Peacemakers are like more a consistent show. And I think that's the it's in the direction that DC should be trying to push in that they seem very hesitant to let happen in a lot of ways. Um, just because I think they want the big epic, they want that big epic countering, whereas they should maybe be going for some of these like smaller, like more R-rated projects because they do have a lot of the more R-rated characters or propensity to be R-rated characters. Um, yeah, it's hard to compare when it's only one, but I, I would say that I like Peacemaker more than, I like it more than Loki, I like it more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, most, yeah, Marvel probably shows? most of them, honestly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's them. very different from Wandavision, but I think you know, I, I like it. I like it more than most of the Marvel shows. You like it more than Suicide Squad, very cool. The Suicide Squad. I think so, actually, because I don't like I the. Ba- I don't like them. the. I don't like the. Uh, fuck, I can't remember its name anymore. The starfish. I don't like that. R- really. <laughs> Yeah, like I like parts of it. I've just never. I'm, I don't like big monster things. We've been through this. It's why I don't really care about any of the Godzilla movies. Oh, uh, that's right. Mm. And it's why I like some of the Jurassic Park <laughs> stuff. The direction they were going in the middle of one, and I was like, no, 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 stop, stop with the cloning, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So I think that's my issue. I think Peacemaker. I just like that it's a little bit more contained, a little bit more like character driven and stuff. But I like the Suicide Squad movie a lot, actually. Okay. I, I think James Gunn's very good at being himself honestly and just bringing empathy to characters that don't necessarily seem like they should be very empathetic well, that's the best part of the guardians i'm at the boost this exactly one awesome yeah. yeah we'll we'll catch up with peacemaker and end up talking about it if not by the end of the right? year then hopefully before then, up but, a whole uh, list. Um, I'm like, zach peacemaker <laughs> added to my list four <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. amanda's number five was peacemaker let's go back to art for his number four Apple TV coming in for the first round right here. It will have another Let's one. Let's go, Tim Cook. <laughs> we crashed. I liked Ooh, it. We're, right. we're talking about okay. terrible people, miserable people going out and uh, being in this excess. This is like the closest to a Wolf of Wall Street type character we've gotten in a minute. I don't know how a man can give us Morbius and then give us We Crash finale on the same <laughs> month, but... <laughs> Yo, I thought that they absolutely killed it in We Crash. The story of WeWork and specifically the founder, Adam, and his wife, who really helped out with a lot of it, and just seeing this crazy, just uh, slick talker be able to get away with so much. And I find that stuff really fascinating, and just the way that mm. the show is edited together, and then just the back and forth between him, him and his wife specifically, who I think um, Anne Hathaway plays beautifully, because you have someone who... It's like living in the shadow of Gwyneth Paltrow in real life, uh, but then at the same time wants to be just as big as her husband is in this uh, job that she very much was able to create. And uh, I don't know. I just found the whole show to be fascinating. These very uh, eclectic characters and I I would watch it again. I think it doesn't um, doesn't praise them. It doesn't condone what they do. Uh, and I've been really liking, you know, that Wolf of Wall Street type thing where you're able to really get into the headspace of them and for a second believe, were they trying to do good or, or were they really spending like billions of dollars way more than they ever had? Uh, <laughs> and I think they play it to a T. It, it showcases Jared Leto can be a good actor when he actually tries. And I think he right. becomes the freaking role, dude. We crashed nice. on Apple TV. It's on my list. I, I'm also ju- just want to watch this because Anne Hathaway, I feel like, is so incredible, uh, and we haven't gotten a lot of big performances from her lately. Some of the best oh, yeah, she's ever done, dude. They're not. I, I got to get to the Navi episode, man. I hear she goes full Navi. <laughs> she does. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. 
All right, we crashed. That's a good pick at number four. Uh, my number four is a, a show that I'm maybe a little mixed on, like, how good it is necessarily from a moment-to-moment basis, but it's a show that I was always really excited to watch. Space and that's something two. that I would say about two different HBO shows, but... I don't have Euphoria on my list because I ultimately didn't think this season was very good. I do have Winning Time on my list because I was thrilled and excited and just really into every single episode of the Adam McKay produced show about the Los Angeles Lakers, the the Showtime Lakers dynasty. The, I don't know why, you know why. HBO chickened out. You know of, why. <laughs> I know why, but I don't know why. They're, they're, they're bigger than Showtime. Like, that that would have been, been, like been a, the craziest like flex. Yes, to, I agree. Right? Right? Uh, but Winning Time's okay, and maybe you, it, it helps so that you can make Winning Time Season 2, which we heard is coming. Um, I don't know. I really vibed with the show, the eccentricity of it, the stylistic uh, flexibility of it, the way that they would cut between not just, like, different angles, but different film stocks in, in the same scene. It, it might be a lot extra, and I'm not sure how motivated all of it is, but I do think it really helps give you this feeling of this is almost like like footage from the time, right? Like, you really feel like you're immersed in the time period. The They've also got... I think a lot of times it, it can help to have a very dynamic performer, and this show is just chock full of them. So many good actors in very, like, uh, broadly written character roles. Mm-hmm. Like, the real-life people are have been very offended by their depiction in the show, but that's good. That's like, good. I like I agree a show you. that's willing to, to make the real-life characters into more, like, caricatures because, like, this is ultimately fictionalized. And I think if you remember that these are fictionalized versions of real offense, you can lean into the, the extraness, the drama of the show and really appreciate it for what it is. I just, I know that whenever, uh, that Winning Time was the show that I was most hungry to binge once I started it this year. So that's why I got it at number four. I have it a little higher, and I agree with everything that you say. That thing about the different film stocks Mm -hmm. is so funny. And the way they mix that with the editing, like what he's talking about is they're filming this, obviously on like film, but it looks clean. And then someone will do a reaction. And they'll zoom in on them. So they'll be like, so a dude comes in to visit uh, the coaches. I say a dude. Magic Johnson comes in to visit mm-hmm. a coach. And he thinks that the girl who's there is just like a really young girlfriend. And then she starts speaking because it's his, it's her father about him like dad. <laughs> so what it does is in that scene, the moment he starts hearing her speak about this guy who she thinks he's dating but is really her father, it zooms in on him in like eight millimeter film reel. There's just yeah. something that it does in the editing style where it's almost like it has the effect that The Office did originally where it zooms in on them doing the reaction shots that everyone has copied to this day. I love Abbott well, Elementary. It's in my top 10. It is one of the things that Abbott does. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it's a crutch to do, but it really doesn't make any sense. Right. This is Zach, the first show that has found a way to get that essence of everybody wanting to do the office stare and finally did something new with it. It is such a beautiful thing they do with you know these what episodes. It is? You know what it is? And I honestly didn't think about this until this moment, but uh, it almost feels like in a real movie when they cut to the real footage right because they change the film stock in a way that's it's jarring it's like oh yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
it's really cool. It's a really cool effect. Um, but it's just a very fun show, too. It's the the way they're able to leave every episode on the cra- cla- crazy cliffhanger is stunning, given how much of it is based on reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool show. Winning time. I got it at number four on my list, uh, which takes us to Amanda's number four, which she said was Yellow Jackets season one. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, is Yellow Jackets Mom the Jedi's number one show of 2022 so far? Yes, I believe. Absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a big, big fan. <laughs> big fan of Yellow Jackets. She was like, because it wasn't nice. all out when I was over there for the holidays and she was catching up on it before I was. But she, which is impressive because she could only watch it when my dad wasn't around because he had no context. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Any, anything else about Yellow Jackets or are you just pumped for season just two? Pumped for season two. Yeah, really like it. They, they kind of they nailed a lot of wit. I don't know. They nailed a lot of things I like in different shows all in one. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's bounce back to you for number three. My number three is a season three. One that I know is going to be way higher on your list. Barry. He made me watch it. He came in every week and he said, Art, have you seen Barry? That's all. That's the only reason we do a lot of these shows is just for him to catch up to see if I've seen Barry. And then he goes, all right, let's just record a show with it. And I did. I binged all of season two. I binged all of season three. It is a fantastic series, a fantastic show. It is surprising that I have two more ahead of it. But we're at a point right here in my top five where every single one of these shows are just... We were talking about how difficult it is to catch up on 10 episodes. Any of these shows I'd rewatch, even though I know I have more stuff to watch. That's how good all these shows are. And Barry is, without an exception, yeah. that. Because I, I rewatched multiple episodes uh, and definitely multiple scenes in season three that are fantastic. But Zach's got it a little higher, I know. So we'll be coming back to it. Barry season three. All right. Barry, a great pick. Your number three. Uh, my number three, I don't know if you have gotten around to it yet art but uh amanda mentioned it as one of the ones she wished she had caught it's we owned this city mm, the limited series from david simon and george pelicanos another show about crime in baltimore uh it, it's the guys who made the wire yeah. i mean it's hard to really ask for better pedigree than that mm-hmm. especially given that they're returning to baltimore for the show um it, it's really the closest that we'll ever get to experiencing the wire season six because uh, it takes a similar approach to how the wire was really like giving you pieces to the puzzle a lot of shows i think are almost like top down in that they focus on a main character and that main character has an unnaturally large sway over the events of the world. And David Simon and George Pelicanos are more intelligent than that, especially when it comes to depicting the nature of crime and policing and and things like that. They know that there's all these different elements at play and one, one layer of failure happens, it has reverberations all the way down the line. And even though John Bernthal is ostensibly our main character here, there are long, long stretches where we're not following the Wayne Jenkins character because you gotta find out like what's happening with the crime review board what's happening with the mayor election what's happening with the police commissioner you need to know all the pieces to understand the puzzle and get matched with Ronaldo Marcus Green coming off of uh, King Richard as the director you also get a little bit more visual flair than I think you're used to in the wire type of environment so Man, I, I was really stunned by We Own This City. I think this is, like, one of the best miniseries I've seen in a while. Um, so I got it at number three. It's it's a really great show. That, Better Call Saul, and I, you had another one on, on your... Pachinko. Uh, 
We Own the City. Yeah. Those are like the ones that I knew I was just not going to be able to finish watching. But, you know, yeah. Green was, he directed one of my favorite movies from Sundance a couple of years ago with uh, Monsters and Men. And to be able to have a whole series mm. uh, talking about the stuff, I, yeah, I need to get on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's excited. good stuff. Hopefully by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So I got We Own This City at number three. Let's go back to Amanda for her number three. The Boys, season three. All right. Season three. I, you know, I just like The Boys. It's it's good. Uh, I think this season's kind of going, uh, you're just, um, yeah, it's been going in an interesting direction where it's like we're seeing characters kind of going against things they've always said they stood for, um, for the sake of the greater good and like what they or at least in their mind the greater good and like mm-hmm. what they think the the ultimate end game needs to be for certain situations which is always really interesting to see people fall down that way to go from like literally just despising something so viscerally and then being willing to kind of like become that to fight it um is an interesting thing to be exploring for sure I think this is the season that, for whatever reason, I don't know why it took this long, where some people are kind of being like, hey, they're not supposed to make fun of people like that, but they've been doing it the entire time, and I don't know how Mm -hmm. they haven't caught up on it. It's that thing where they don't realize it before, but then it might get a little too close, and then all of a sudden it's a a problem. Now it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of it's a little more subtle. Some of it's kind of like, oh, no, they shouldn't be going that far into the politics <laughs> of it. And then some of it is people literally thinking that like Homelander was ever supposed to be like a good or cool character. Bruh. And I'm like, he's Dude. licking he's licking milk yeah. out of a bottle in the first season. Like, what? Are you, why do you resonate with this guy? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think at the point when he's dating the Nazi, yeah, that's the other we should one like, maybe have thought twice. That's, that's what I mean. But you saw the entire <laughs> yeah. season uh, with it being released yeah. weekly. It, it, like you were saying, it's always fascinating to see people come on and be like, this is how you do a show without politics. And I'm like, what? I, <laughs> Are you watching the same yeah, show? Seriously, the whole like, show do I have is to me- Yeah. Do I have to like mention the specific like <laughs> news channels that they have in there? They literally quote stuff from real life. And it's I don't, yeah. I don't know. That, that's that's the thing that always fascinates me when people go like, this is how you make a show that isn't bringing in all that. And I'm like, this is probably the show that's bringing it in the most. The most. This is a political satire show told through superheroes. Especially when it's like, making what? fun of people specific <laughs> I mean, politics who like the show. And I was like, that's rare. That's right. probably the most fascinating thing. Like, if anything, yeah. this is the show this is the show that's most directly addressed donald trump out of anything on tv yeah. and that the boys is the show doing that is stunning and the me. most important of them all the um, snyder cut so you know it's just really getting into all the nitty-gritty <laughs> yes. of, of everything out there but yeah uh, yeah i haven't caught up yeah. on it completely but uh, i'll see how it ends up on on my list at the end of the year yeah i was expressing some skepticism on a couple weekend must watches or a weekend couple weekend must watches ago mm-hmm. I'm back in. Okay, cool. It's a good season. Yeah, Let's there was go. like one it's episode <laughs> where something happened and a couple things, and I was all like, uh, is it kind of, uh, and then it's back. So we're good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the boys, Amanda's number three. Let's go to Art for his number two. I'm very curious. I feel like I know what are in your top two, but not the order. Guess. I mean, is this the winning time slot? It's the Apple slot. Severance. Oh, is that what you had as my other really? my other number two, or what else did you think I had as my top two? I mean, I is this the severance slot then? Severance, I think, I'm, I'm is here for a severance as perfect well. season of television that came from Apple out of nowhere. 
Got yeah. everybody hooked on it. Wow. Everybody hyped on it. It's a show that you could rewatch and catch even more clues. Uh, has mm-hmm. me really excited for season two. You can enjoy the show without looking any deeper into it, but the more deeper you look into it, it is riddled with a bunch of different yes. uh, yep. types of things. We were talking about Lost for Yellow Jackets because of its setting and the idea of them focusing in on the characters with a little bit of mystery. Mm-hmm. This is just full-out lore, mystery, what is going on here. There is the idea of, again, the others. You have the inside group and you have the outside group and that, that's yeah, I think one of the others. things that Lost really propelled on and to see it in a lot of these different shows and to always have that Lost-esque uh, quote be given to them I think that this is the series that really holds on to that idea of wanting uh, teasing you with just enough but wanting you to get more practically leaving you with an mm-hmm. answer to the question you have but not confirming it until like the next season and I think every episode in this series made you want to watch the next one it is beautifully shot the performances are great and mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I've, I'm not a person who likes dance sequences. And there's a couple of picks that we've had on these two episodes where I don't mind the dance sequences. I don't know if that's just me getting older. I don't know if that's just really no, good dance good. sequences. You know? So uh, big thumbs up on Severance. If you haven't caught it, try to go in as nice. blank as possible. Just know that yeah. it is uh, one of the best things that Apple has released and really has been making them a player. Uh, they, they've been knocking on HBO's door is all I could say because yeah, yeah it's definitely up there yeah it, oh you can go uh, no I was just going to say that I think that Severance is probably the winner of like best premise yes. of 2022 so far like Especially if you just what we came sell out of, yeah. somebody if you just say that premise to anybody they're going to be intrigued by I mean I, I my parents are people who are like not people who really vibe with any kind of like paranormal sci-fi like ex- like non of this earth type of storytelling but telling them that like immediately you just you get so, the the world of possibilities so wide everybody i think can relate to the experience of like wanting to separate yourself from your work self mm-hmm. and then there's just so much to dive in on yeah. there and it, you know severance hasn't disappointed given that mm-hmm. plot so I, I, that's probably the highest compliment you it's can give happen, it. yeah that's why they I like agree. it they know it's real it's on the horizon yeah it's I remember, like, I just saw everybody tweeting about it and talking about it, and I just didn't look into it at all. But then before going to con, I downloaded it to be, like, my my in-flight entertainment. So I just started watching it, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And then you get into it, and because I, I thought it was just kind of like, I thought it was like an office drama uh-huh. based on, mm-hmm. like, the pictures I was seeing. And then I was like, this is crazy. And I was explaining it, and, and then, like, she was just like, oh, my God, that is crazy. And I was like... Yeah. yeah, and then it just keeps going and going. And because yep. you're right, when you first start watching, you're like, oh, wow, like, honestly, being able to, like, shut off for, like, the eight hours you're at work and not have that, really even remember that. But then you start seeing all the other sides of where what that can go wrong. Yep. And, like, what is it like for the person who is working and all of that? And And, again, it's kind of looking into this entire idea of, like, individuality and what it actually means to be yeah. the human like who the real you the actual person it's so fascinating and honestly it, it yeah. like it the first season barely gives you anything and barely, it only starts giving you answers tease. yeah in that for that mm-hmm. last episode is when you just start getting a little bit but in any other show that would have been like episode two or three yep. and here it's like that's the cliffhanger and it's basically the whole first season is a tease to get you invested for like the future season but in a good way not in a way that you're like well fuck yeah. this like mm-hmm. in a good way yeah yeah big fan really great show uh i had a number five art's got it at number two 
my number two is a show that we talked about a little bit even last year, but it didn't wrap up until ah. January of 2022. Mm. Um, so I got to give a little bit more love to Station Eleven, the really beautiful miniseries uh, about a post apocalyptic world in which people are you know figure out a way whether that's through traveling shakespeare companies or museums to civilization in an airport or holding up in a hotel room until you run out of supplies i mean it, it's for a show about a de- a devastating plague wiping out most of humanity there's just this weird optimism that runs through it that i found really inspiring um, and, and I guess that's a lot of it is credit to the team behind it. Um, I know it's got some great directors with Hiro Mirai and uh, J- Jeremy Pedeza, who di- uh, did a couple episodes. Uh, Patrick Somerville, I think, is the guy who wrote the series. I, he comes off of experience on The Leftovers and a couple other shows that I really like. I, I don't know. There's just something really magical to the the way that this show would like weave in and out of different storylines, come to characters, put them away from a couple weeks and then bring them back. Uh, that made me feel like very involved with the world. Uh, it's, it's just a very special show. I don't know if I even have the appropriate words for it, but I was so moved and uh, probably the biggest cry I've had at TV this year was like a reunite, a, a reuniting that happens late in this series. It's, Man, it's just so good. It's so good. I loved it a lot. Have you had the chance to catch it, Amanda? Yeah. Uh, no, not yet. Well, like I'm uh, but this one here. with Mackenzie Davis, right? <laughs> it's his girl. Yes, that was like one of those girl. ones I was trying to catch before the end of last year, and then I just didn't get to it, and it wasn't done yet. So I was like, oh, well, I guess it doesn't need to go on the list. So. <laughs> and then my boy's in it uh, early on in the series, because you, you actually have a Mexican in the show. Himesh Patel? No. Mm-hmm. My other boy. Oh. You got a Mexican in the show. Oh, is it? Whose name, Arthur? Oh, uh, Gael Garcia Bernal. Love Chicago. And he's always saying, listen. Yeah. So I was like, damn, that's my boy. And then he dies, and I'm like, oh, no, I got to go get my heart checked then. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> but, no. yeah, uh, it's a really good show. Uh, I know Alina loves it. I know it's in her top ten. She is fascinated by the show. Nice. Uh, I really nice. like it um, as well, and it probably would have been one of my honorable mentions. I just, I'm still a couple episodes from the finale, so I, I haven't seen the, the big mm. scenes that you've been talking about yet, but... Hero Mariah's direction, yeah. dude. I mean, I, I love a show that will take like a fascinating element that you could dive way deeper on and just have it be like the subtext or like a small detail. It's sort of like after Yang, what we mm-hmm. were talking about with that in that there's so many details where you could just go follow that for an episode if you wanted to. But the, the power of the show is that it's really it's choosing the right moments. And yeah, also, I, I thought it was really, really, really special. A really smart way to do Shakespeare. You yes, know, yeah. It's a very clever way to modernize it in a weird way and, and using it to to embody the character's emotions. They're it was, clever. It's really good. It's really smart. All right, so my number two, Station Eleven, another HBO show miniseries. S's, S's, S's. Uh, let's go to Amanda's number two. Uh, my number two is Severance. Severance. Very cool. Station Severance. Look at all those S's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Severance the show that you are most anticipating returning or, or is that your number one? Mm. I think this one I am actually the most anticipated for just because yeah. of how many mysteries <clears throat> it's leaving open. So Damn. yeah, I think so for sure. 
joke. Yeah, they're definitely like you guys were talking about a little bit when Art uh, brought it up, but it does this really cool thing where it just sort of like hints at a whole world uh, beneath the surface. Like, you know, it, it's not going to explain the goats, but there are goats and maybe we'll get an explanation eventually. But polar bears. in the meantime, you can let your brain brain go and circle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's a direct homage. I don't I know. I think it's tied with Yellow Jackets for me. It may be edging it just a little bit, but I, I'm really looking forward yeah. to Yellow Jackets, how they're going to build theirs and Severance. Um, but yeah, because my number one is technically an anthology, so I'd have to say that both of those are tied for what I'm looking forward to. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, before we get to that number one, let us do the honorable mentions. Art, why don't you kick us off? What are the TV shows that just missed yeah, that just missed your cut? Uh, you had brought up, uh, what did you just bring up? It takes place in Chicago? HBO? You're, you're uh, Station, Station 11. Eleven takes place in Chicago. Shining Girls takes place in Chicago. And the newly released The Bear <laughs> takes place in Chicago. I think they're all really, really good shows. By the end of the year, maybe some of them will get up a little bit higher, but I would recommend all three of those. Um, the Baby over on HBO I thought was a really good flip on this oh, Rosemary-style yeah. story uh, that I would highly recommend. It's not fully a horror. It's more like a drama and definitely has comedy elements in there. Nice. As We See It, season one over on Amazon Prime is a group of young adults who all have autism and they're all just trying to live together and they have like a guardian and they all have these different like wants and needs that they go through and I thought they uh, did a great job with that. Euphoria season two. I don't care. (laughs) Everyone tuned in every week for a reason. It's not better than season one. I got it in the honorable mentions. But it was fun, you know. Uh, We saw a docuseries out of Sundance that was really in the vein of one of my favorite pieces of content of all time which is oj made in america and this one was called we need to talk about cosby and it was made in that same Mm. sense of having Mm. was it four or five episodes good call really breaking down not just the figure of cosby but just the impact in pop culture and then in terms of race and just you know everything that comes with that i would highly recommend that over on showtime um but the last ones that i would bring up is single drunk female is perfect in that abbott elementary um what's the other one we just said because I keep wanting to call it Uncorked, but that's a different Wayne movie. Uh, Grand Crew. Grand Crew, yeah. There's no drinking in this because this is about a girl, uh, a young woman who is real, is, uh, uh, she's in AA and she's trying to fix her life. Um, and this was a series that I saw a couple of episodes and I was like, hey, it's kind of decent. But Alina like really connected with it. And by the second half of it, you really grow with the characters. And I thought they did a fantastic job um, with this series and I would highly recommend having that one on your radar as a part of that Abbott Elementary just sitcom putting it on in the background but the last one that I would have on here is Undone Season 2 over on Amazon Prime Mm. this came out around the same time Russian Doll came in they both were 2019 releases for Season 1 Season 2's have come out like I said I thought both of these were supposed to be trilogies and they've kind of wrapped on them but I would still highly recommend checking out Undone same way that I recommended Russian Doll uh, just really good protagonists that you follow in this like crazy world where they're really jumping into different realities. Um, so undone season two, wrapping up my list of my honorable mentions. All right, cool. Amanda, what do you have as your honorable mentions? Um, so I didn't end up being able to finish the bears, but I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Cause that like just yeah, dropped a few good. days ago. So I just haven't had a chance. Um, our flag means death is a, is a fun one. Mm. I like it's, you know, uh, pirates and, it's like this gentleman decides he wants to be a pirate. So it's a very quirky dynamic there. Like if you're kind of familiar with Taika's humor with things like, you know, what we do in the shadows, uh, it, it just, you, you get the similar kind of vibe there. 
so I really liked it. It's a good one. And then I, I'll have Euphoria on my runner-up too. Uh, I think there is a lot of issues with it. I do agree with a lot of the comments that um, Sam kind of started not telling the story authentically from the characters on screen, and it almost felt like a lot of the stuff he was tackling felt like it was a reaction to how he was being perceived in the world. Mm-hmm. And then you saw it the most in Malcolm and Marie, but I feel like some of that definitely trickled down into Euphoria. Yeah. And I do think there's just a lot of like, in my opinion, unnecessary time spent on weird music sequences that it just feels like it, it feels like a like a like one of the like a rock opera, but not rock, but like one of those things like the music operas where there's <laughs> a little bit of story and then the extended music sequences kind of felt like that sometimes. But it's still you know, really solid television. Um, damn watchable. Damn watchable. <laughs> damn watchable TV, that euphoria. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool group of honorable mentions. I have euphoria on mine as well. I have, I love that for you and hacks, which I've mentioned as well. Uh, Grand crew, which we talked about and c- talking about some comedies. Uh, I also have girls five Eva season oh. two, just jokes per minute. Nobody has the Faye and Carlock team defeated. <laughs> so a lot of very funny stuff. Um, I'll mention space force season two here because nobody else anywhere is going to mention space force season season two. Um, stranger things season four. I got that into my honorable ah. mentions as well. Excited to see that wrap up. The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. I don't know if a lot of people were watching this miniseries on Apple. Uh, I don't know if it's like the best show, but I actually thought Sam Jackson was quite compelling on it. Dominique Fishback as well. Uh, so I I watched the whole thing, at least. Uh, Russian Doll Season 2, I got on my honorable mentions. Yellow Jacket Season 1, just barely, barely missed the cut for me. But the last cut that I had, uh, the hardest cut for me to make was The Dropout. I actually was really compelled by this telling of the Theranos story and particularly Amanda Seyfried's weirdo performance (laughs) as Elizabeth Holmes that I really hope she gets nominated for an Emmy for. It's a just a really interesting show. My favorite of these shows about the bad CEOs. um, And I think it has a lot to say about uh, work culture mm. and grind culture, the idea of making yourself and your existence about your professional achievements. So there's a lot there, and I, I think it's a pretty interesting uh, show, even if it maybe is going to, hopefully would come back for a season two, because there's still more to talk it's about with Elizabeth Holmes, yeah, it half seems. Of the, half of these, it was super yeah. pumped, that one, and we crashed, yeah. where it's just like, there, there could be a part two. <laughs> Their stories aren't done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially uh, that what, one with the think? text. The text ends up adding oh, yeah. something that just happened the week prior in her case. Right. So it's like that's so funny. I'm oh, sorry, you were gonna say? <laughs> no, you're good. I was just gonna say. I, I remember we saw Out for Blood. Uh, that was like the first movie we saw back at 2019. No, 2018 yeah, Sunday. So, yeah. Um, and uh, back then we had already known that they were. They apparently um, Jennifer Lawrence was signed to do a movie, which still hasn't come yet. So I think it's yeah. really interesting that. <laughs> and this, this show sh- was supposed to be Kate yeah. McKinnon. Oh wow! Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I see it actually more so than Amanda Seyfried, honestly. But um, uh, that's interesting. But it's really interesting to me that the show has managed to come out and finish before there's even any inkling that the movie's coming started. at all. Yeah. 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 Started. I think Adam McKay's maybe moved on to other things, but I'm not yeah, sure. Interesting. All right, so let's get to our favorite show of the year so far. Art, kick he us off. He said his name. What is in your number one spot? Adam McKay. 
Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Yeah. You mentioned this <laughs> probably going anthology and going to different uh, playing teams and such, and I think that, that would be very fascinating because you could go do, I think you said it was going to be the Lakers in the early 2000s. So would love to mm-hmm. see them even attempt to try the Bulls in the 90s. I would love to see something about the Pistons yep. in the 80s. There is so much that you could do. Hell, Golden State, you know, after a couple more seasons, it's not like you can't do Golden State fresh off of a lot of them probably retiring. But yeah. what they do here and the way that they film it, I think, is uh, incredible. There was a, a lot of behind the scenes and the talks of uh, because this isn't just covering Magic Johnson, it's also covering, like, literally the man who put the whole thing together and was running the team and was able to really reinvent the NBA for what it is now and it being like a, a, a showcase, you know, having the Lakers girls there, having celebrities show up, which is now the biggest thing of having the seats in the court, right? How many times do you like search up a celebrity and half the Drake memes that you get are from him on the court side, Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson on the court side. Um, and just like the invention of what uh, the sporting event could be. Uh, I find it really fascinating. And I know that there was a fallout between Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. And I hate it. I, I really do. I think what Adam McKay did was bogus in replacing Will Ferrell, who loves, uh, who, who's been wanting to be this for the longest time, and putting... Uh, yeah, loves yeah, the putting, Lakers. What's his name in it? Um, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. You don't do Ooh. that to your boy. It needed to be John C. Riley. It needed to be John C. Riley. <laughs> John C. Riley is so good on the show. My goodness. If this is a miniseries and it's going up against We Crash, which I love, and I think uh, Jared Leto killed it, I'm a little scared. I'm a little worried. I that's going to be. I'm going to get my popcorn pop for that day because it is going to come down to the wire. I think both of them give incredible performances in this, and it is the show is everything it needed to be. Maybe not worth breaking the friendship, but <laughs> pretty close, I guess. <laughs> highly, highly, highly recommend Winning Time, even if you're not a basketball fan. I think it is just it's HBO yeah. at its finest. Yeah, like sometimes I feel like a great documentary is great because it's about something that's super interesting. And likewise, this is a show that's just packed so many interesting things into it. And from the outside, if you're not too familiar with it, you might be like, well, how can it be that much stuff if we're just talking about the Lakers? But it's more than that because it's it's the birth of a type of stadium and environment and the incorporation of a certain type of celebrity. And it's all these different dynamic elements that are at play that make it more than just a sports mm-hmm. story. I, I think it's really, really mm-hmm. good, and I'm glad that we're not just getting one season of it, even if it's going to maybe jump around in time or something, because it's a, a a very like interesting way to uh, to tackle these kinds of sports stories. Even if maybe we'll never get a, a mid '90s Knicks version of this one, <laughs> but they'd have to call that losing time. But sure. <laughs> Losing time. Losing oh, time. Coming soon. Uh, that won't be HBO Max, yeah, not even so, HBO, bro. That'd be the one. <laughs> That's on stars. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> all right. So my number one show of the year so far, uh, Art mentioned it earlier. It is Whoa. Barry season mm-hmm. three. <laughs> Barry, I think, has just grabbed the belt. I don't know if I, I think that the first two seasons were necessarily the best uh, in the years that they came out, but for me, this is like clear in a way the best. It wow. has taken a huge step up in its third season in just building the tension and embracing this extremely bleak point of view. Like, this is a show that has firmly become about the reverberations of violence and how an act of violence is not just that act of violence, but all the effects that are felt thereafter by the people close to the act of violence, by the people who love the people around 
around it. it it's it's something that is much deeper and and messier. And the ways in which Barry is this poison that is seeping into the people around him has has become so compelling to watch. I'm also just fascinated by the development and emergence of Bill Hader, the filmmaker this season. He's directed half of the episodes and he does it with such visual flair, such interesting uh, composition, th- whether it's these it's fantasy sequences that happened late in the season or these long takes that happen frequently. There's an amazing long take in the first episode. Uh, there's a couple long takes later, too, that I can point out that I thought were amazing. But, like, I- I'm just so consistently uh, impressed and just surprised uh, when it finally builds to its incredible finale, it's some of the most tense, upsetting TV I've, I've ever seen, but you're on the edge of your seat. Uh, that the show is not only a hilarious comedy, but like the bleakest drama we have right now, it's some incredible stuff. So uh, I don't know what they can do at the after the way that season 3 ended but i i know better than to not trust them because they are so good at making this show so i i've barry at my number 1 spot highly agree and that yeah leaves me all right so i got barry at number 1 art had winning time at number 1 a couple hbo shows amanda are you going to switch up networks on yeah, us? Yeah, I'm going coming on? in with like the... I literally finished watching this last night before I went to bed. Ooh. Heartstopper on Netflix. Okay. Ooh. It's adorable. I don't know if it's the Lisa? best show. And like, it's so cute. It's just adorable. This is like this adorable Aww. little coming of age story where you've got like... like it's like, it's in, the, it's in England, but it's like the schools are split. It's like all boys schools, all girls schools. Mm-hmm. It's based off of like a comic series that was apparently like really well received. So I need to check those out too. But uh, they do a lot of really cool stuff with that too. Kind of like um, like when a character goes to hold someone's hand, hand, it'll show like they like little animated electric sparks kind of coming off to show that there's like this tension there. And like one of the characters, you know, he'll kind of imagine and catastrophize the worst. So if he thinks somebody's saying something, he'll kind of imagine it happening, but he's just kind of spacing out, but they show it on screen with this other person saying to him kind of like an anxiety response um it's uh it's just really cute so you've got like the like the the main two characters basically is one's kind of like this out gay kid at the school who was really bullied but it's kind of settled out for the most part now uh and then you've got uh this other kid who's on the rugby team who kind of like sticks up for him and is starting to struggle with his sexuality and I would die for that character. His name is Nick. I will <laughs> die for Nick any day of the week. I think this show is just really well done and how it handles different characters and just different things just really subtly while also feeling very authentic to kind of like the teenage experience. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. I understand why everybody was like really upset that I hadn't talked about it just because it, it came out and I just hadn't had a chance to, but it's really good. It's really, really cute. Really cute. Nice. Yeah, uh, people who have seen Heartstopper they seem to really, it. really love yeah. Heartstopper. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad that you uh, got that on here and that it's resonated so much for mm-hmm. you, too. I'm a big fan. 
So I see what you mean, that there is some Netflix representation. You got a few Netflix shows on your list, definitely more than Art and I had. Overall, it feels like HBO is the big winner here. I think four slots went to HBO Max and three more went to HBO. But Apple TV Plus had four shows. FX has four slots. Uh, And then, like I said, uh, Netflix had five slots. So that's also pretty pretty high up. It's just four Netflix shows? You and Russian Doll. What? Four of your Netflix shows? Uh, So Heartstopper, Stranger Things, Umbrella Academy, First Kill. Okay, so I need to watch two of those. And then Art had Russian Doll, so a bit of variety at least. And then I want to put the other two. I mean, I think that speaks to... Right. I think that speaks to like the quantity that Netflix is Mm -hmm. delivering, but a lot of the shows that were near the top of our lists, HBO. Apple TV Plus, like the the old uh, king of quality and perhaps the new king of quality prestige television, battling it mm-hmm. out. And I, I kind of feel like that's going to be the case for, you know, the next year or two at least is the best shows. The Emmys are going to be coming down to mostly those two networks. Until Discovery Plus, Zach. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think that's about all for our best TV of the year so far. Let us know what your favorite TV shows of 2022 so far are in the comments down below or by shooting us an email at intercutpod at gmail.com. But you can also catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at ZShevich and check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show. Amanda, where can people find more from you? You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and occasionally Twitch and a bunch of other social medias at Amanda the Jedi. You can find me over at LME Explain on Twitter, on YouTube, and on Letterboxd, or every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I happen to like Overcast, and then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash multi or that's my other one <laughs> slash intercut pod where you can find our bright smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment find new episodes of the weekend must watch mondays at 3 p.m streaming on intercut and please leave please leave us a comment like the videos and consider heading over to itunes to give us that much requested five star review like our facebook instagram twitter pages go check out our patreon they are all at intercut pod to get updates throughout the week from me, from Art, from Amanda, from all the guests we feature here on Intercut and also check out a link to our Discord in the description for this episode. Thanks again for tuning in and until next time, starting now.